sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk. And thank you to you longtime listeners for joining me once again, and thanks to all of you newbies. Yes, I know you're showing up each and every day, new people joining this audience all over the Locked On Network, but especially here on Locked On Mizzou, and I thank you oh so very much from the bottom of my heart for that. And you know who else thanks you? Built Bar, because today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the code Locked On to get $10 off of your next order. And today I want to talk about Eli Drinkwitz's decision to not name a starting quarterback until week one when Missouri shows up against the Alabama Crimson Tide at Faroe Field. And also, speaking of Alabama, a young man that Missouri beat out in the recruiting trails for Alabama, Enos Rakestraw, true freshman cornerback, getting a ton of hype. I want to touch on that and a whole bunch of other Mizzou topics, but you know what? Just to lead off the show, I think we got to get to the latest breaking news in college football in the SEC. And according to Missouri Athletic Director Jim Sterk, Mizzou football is going to allow fans in the stadium, at least as of right now, but capacity will be limited to about 25%. So what does that mean? Well, obviously it means that where fans are going to sit, they're certainly going to be spread apart and social distanced for obvious reasons, but also it was said that basically the higher you are up in the Tiger Scholarship Fund, you see 25% of 70,000, well, that's about, gosh, about 16,000 people, something like that. So obviously that's not enough people to cover all of the season ticket holders from last year, assuming everyone renewed their season tickets. So what's going to happen is, quite frankly, well, the more money you donated it sounds like the more likely you are to see one or maybe multiple Mizzou football games. I really don't know how this is going to be rotated out, but clearly, if you're a season ticket holder, you've got a shot. If you're a longtime season ticket holder, you've got a shot to maybe see some live football this year. But if you weren't, if you were maybe just a season-to-season, season-ticket subscriber that didn't actually donate to TSF, or maybe you didn't donate a tremendous amount of money to the Tiger Scholarship Fund, well, it sounds like you might be out of luck, unfortunately. But frankly, at this point, again, I've just for my own sanity, my own mentality, I've kind of assumed that I won't be seeing any games at Faroe this year. But, well, as of right now, who knows? It could happen. Again, I'm just praying for televised football, not so much the in-person experience. I will definitely settle for televised football at this point in our lives. But on top of what Missouri just said, well, the SEC threw down some regulations of its own for any attendees at football this year. First of all, and probably the least surprising development of all of this, face coverings will be required in order to enter, exit, and move around the stadium. That's basically, and, and in any other type, they also mentioned that any other situations where maintaining a physical distance is a challenge, maybe in the bathroom, obviously. 
various other places. By the way, that's one thing that's nice about the mass I've found, haven't you, is going into public bathrooms is actually a little bit more of a pleasurable experience. Let's just put it that way. So, hey, there's pluses to everything. Even I will admit that. And as not surprisingly, workers inside the stadium, members of the athletic staff also think trainers, that type of deal, they're supposed to wear face coverings at all times. Also, barriers shall be installed to kind of keep people separate when they're going through food and beverage lines. They're recommending grab-and-go type of, of beverage and food options. So that's basically it, you know, condiments and single-use type containers, you know, just some kind of common-sense stuff that isn't really that big of a deal, to be honest. So for the most part, heck, all right, it's obviously going to sound a lot different with 17,000, 18, whatever it is. I'm, I haven't, I'm just doing that math in my head really quickly, so don't murder me if I don't have that exact number right. But, yeah, it's going to sound way different. I mean, I, I remember the days of Bob Stull. The, this is my first memories of Mizzou football when the Tigers were drawing 35,000 a game. It's hard for me to imagine it being half of that, so... I don't know how much home field advantage anyone is going to have under these under these circumstances. It's certainly going to be surreal, but hey, if they're going to let me in the stadium, I'll put on a mask and, and take a chance. And you know what? I'm pretty sure my 72-year-old father will do the same. Now, before you start screaming at me, he's in good health. He's in good shape. He loves Mizzou football more than anything on the planet. This is his choice, so no shaming, everybody. I think he's going to be just fine. But I tell you who did not hold their outrage back was apparently and reportedly nearly half of the SEC League's coaches either on this scheduling call or to some ESPN reporters privately expressed what was called either some form of frustration or anger and how these two additional SEC games were chosen with multiple coaches telling ESPN that the SEC itself was leaving itself open to a lot of criticism of it being basically a corrupt selection process. Now, even Eli Drinkwitz mentioned that there was no real protocol or explanation for how any of these games were picked. Now, if you look back on it, it seems like, okay, now Missouri may have had a relatively favorable schedule, so you could argue, okay, maybe... They looked at that and said, well, we'll give them a tougher game or two. But to add Alabama and LSU, you know, you could kind of understand why if you were Eli. Now, to be clear, I don't know if Eli was one of the coaches who was upset. I really don't. I did find it interesting that he was sort of downplaying and almost joking about the whole conference call and the anger around it. Like, for instance, he said, I don't know how angry or upset you can really – I don't know how heated, I think it was the word he used – I don't know how heated you can really get on a Zoom call, for instance. So just the fact that he was downplaying that a bit almost made me think he was one of the guys who was angry, to be honest with you. But that's just total speculation on my part. Now, overall, in public, he's been very much saying, hey, not complaining about the schedule at all and saying, let's just rock and roll. And frankly, that's been my attitude as well. And actually, Kobe Whiteside, I think he has the best attitude of all. When asked about playing Alabama and LSU in two of the first three weeks of the season, 
Missouri defensive lineman Kobe White said, Whiteside said, I'm pretty, pretty psyched to show what I can do. This is perfect for me. Basically, he's saying, listen, I get to show my stuff against guys who are potential NFL draft picks, the cream of the crop in terms of, of competition. So when you're a potential NFL pick like Kobe, you want to put your best foot forward on film. And sometimes if you're doing it against lower competition, you're showing out, well, there's always that natural question. But if you show out against that level of competition, there shall be no questions. But understandably, over the last few weeks, you may have been asking yourself, what happened to Built Bar? Well, I'll tell you. You see, Built Bar was clearing out all of its inventory over the last month or so in order to relaunch their entire brand. That's right, Built Bar is even better tasting than it's ever been with six new flavors in addition to their original 18 that they had before. Personally, as far as the new stuff goes, I don't think you can go wrong with the caramel brownie nor the cookies and cream variety. But hey, that's just my opinion. I happen to be a, a chocolate-heavy guy. So that's why Built Bar is the perfect kind of snack for me, on top of it being suitable for your keto-style treat, that's for sure. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. Again, that's Locked On, promo code Locked On for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Hey, before we get to the Missouri quarterback situation and how Eli Drinkwitz is playing that, one more note on regulations around live football this coming season. According to the SEC, they are leaving it up to the individual institutions if they're going to allow tailgating on their property or not. But of course, they do note that these institutions need to be in line with state and local laws, regulations, and all that good stuff. But in the absence of these state and local guidelines, the CDC is, of course, recommending social distancing should, of course, apply even outdoors. But here's the deal. Um, I can certainly see how Missouri may limit or even eliminate tailgating on its property entirely, at least around the stadium. But, you know, if people are going to choose to tailgate across campus, across the city, whatever it might be. I mean, certainly that should be allowed, right? I mean, they can't just they can't tell people to not <laughs> tailgate on their own property or or whatever it might be, an apartment building, that type of deal. So, I don't know. I think regardless, we're going to see some level of tailgating if there's football or not. So just keep that in mind, but you know what, even more importantly, on yesterday's Zoom call with the media, coach Drinkwitz said he will not announce a starting quarterback before week one against Alabama. And you know what? There's kind of two th- schools of thought one could draw there. One just might be, well, basically what Eli said, which is that he's essentially just trying to, he said, I quote, I'm just creating a workload for somebody. In other words, he's trying to make Alabama use some of its resources, its time on scouting multiple teams based on what is essentially an entirely new Missouri offensive staff. You know, you have, again, Coach Looper was at TCU. Sean Robinson, the potential starter, was at TCU. Then you've got, you know, coaches who were at Washington. Drinkwitz himself was at App State last year. 
North Carolina State previously. So what do you what do you actually scout there offensively? Do you spend your time scouting Sean Robinson? Do you spend it scouting Basilak? How much of each? So, you know, just a lot of unanswered, really unanswerable questions for Alabama there. Now, does that mean suddenly Missouri's going to win the game because of this? No, let's not go nuts. But the point is, is there's just no real upside for Missouri to name a starting quarterback right now, and there's real, there's really zero downside in not doing it. Why do we need to know the answers to this? Well, frankly, the last time I remember it going this deep into a season without Missouri knowing who its starter is going to be in week one is Brad Smith back in 2002 when I believe it was the Monday of game week we found out officially that Brad was going to start at quarterback instead of Kirk Farmer and well that was an exciting moment and certainly it turned out great so hopefully we'll have our next stud Hall of Fame at Missouri quarterback after this week one too. And while we're still on the topic of that Alabama game, I got to say I was a little bit surprised that Alabama opened as what I'm going to call only a 19.5 point favorite in Columbia. You may have heard, I think the other day on my schedule preview, I think I guessed 31 was going to be the the point spread. So 19.5, my goodness, they're giving Eli a little bit more respect than I expected or maybe just respecting the bizarre unknowns and unusual uniqueness of this offseason. I'm really not sure, but I guess my my obvious initial takeaway is to stay away if you're a Mizzou fan that's maybe thinking it'll be closer than the experts think. Well, let that spread go up a little bit for crying out loud because I can't see that settling below 21 points by kickoff. I really can't, but who knows? We'll see what happens. And while it might seem, based on that 19.5, that Mizzou is getting some respect, well, when you look at the total, season total, that is, for wins for Missouri, one sports book had Missouri's over-under at three wins. So in other words, if you bet the over, you got to get four, and if they get three, you push, two, you lose, that kind of thing. Well, I think two has got to be the absolute floor. I would think. I mean, certainly, in reality, I guess zero is the floor. But I'm just thinking, if you look at what's most likely to happen, I think zero wins. I mean, the odds of that happening are less than 1%. So let's throw that out. I think Missouri will probably defeat Vanderbilt and Arkansas. There's two wins right there. And I've also said there's four toss-up games in there. So to me, that's not a bad number. Three, if you want to put a couple of shekels on that one, I wouldn't be mad at you. I think you're looking at a likely push at the very worst. And coming up after this short break, I do want to talk about Ennis Rakestraw and the hype that he's getting from some of his teammates. And plus, you know what? I should have teased this. This is pretty good stuff. I have some sound bites from Gary Pinkle on his health and what he misses about coaching coming right up. Well, you might remember Eli Drinkwitz, the video of him reacting quite favorably to Enos Rakestraw's commitment, the cornerback out of Duncanville, Texas. Eli just going crazy, celebrating like he had just won the lottery. Well, we may be getting a good indication of why, because the coaching staff really throwing a lot of praise his way despite just having 
Very little experience in practice at this level. But not only that, when the coaches do it, that's one thing. When the players on both sides of the ball start noticing how well you're playing, that's that's even a bigger plus, in my opinion. Daniel Parker, the Missouri tight end, said that Rakestraw has the skills and ability to cover any type of receiver, even a, a larger tight end like himself. And also Josh Bledsoe, who plays in the Missouri defensive backfield at safety, also gave him a, a lot of praise as well. So, you know, just a, a, some nice signs. You don't want to go too crazy on preseason praise, but frankly, when it's a true freshman, especially a guy at corner, you don't see a ton of guys playing corner as a true freshman, and you don't see true freshmen just getting tons and tons of praise, especially at this point in their growth curve. So to me, I don't know, if I'm just reading the tea leaves, I have a feeling this kid's going to be really special. So keep an eye out for him this fall and throughout his career. And finally, Gary Pinkle, former Mizzou football coach, of course, was talking with reporters after his GP Made Foundation, his charitable golf event for GP Made, had some had some words with reporters after that event. And, well, he was asked about his health, his current health status. And here's what Gary had to say about that. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, so I go to Mayo once a year now. So, um, you know, I just try to take care of myself and, and make count, every day count. So that's I've always I've always done that. But, you know, that's uh, and I'm spending my time because right, it was all about me. It was about time. I didn't want to put, be putting all this time, you know, hundreds of hours year-round, and I mean, and, and just enormous hours working, uh, recruiting and all the different things, and, and spend the time the wrong way. So I feel great about what I'm doing. i got the foundation to help kids, and I'm really blessed, blessed. Well, obviously, great news to hear that Gary, not only feeling good physically, but just about his place in the world as well, feeling like his life is fulfilled and doing great his gp made foundation sounds like it's doing well and it's giving him a a great reason to get up out of bed in the morning and still live an awesome and productive life so really awesome to hear that from coach pinkle to and by the way to be clear when he says i'm going to mayo every day that's that's not a diet related take that is in fact the mayo clinic yes that's my hot mayo clinic joke right there for all of you but also Gary was asked about maybe what he misses about game day or if indeed he does miss anything about game day here's what he had to say about that I miss game day you know that 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 you know four hour period of time when I was in a zone on the sideline you know and uh, I remember I used to talk to our players every year about sideline control and everything we did. And I told them one time, and I, I used this with all the teams, but the freshmen, I want to know how we do things too. Is I, was, I got the headset on. I'm not listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at who's coming up next, what's the next field position, who's what personnel sets, and everything like that. So um, I do miss that. Um, and just feel fortunate that, you know, that, we, that we raised the level of expectation at the University of Missouri football and passed the baton on. And that's... Uh, and I'm excited about the future. Yeah, Gary is excited about the future, and you know what? So am I. I think part of that comment was definitely his true, genuine belief in Eli Drinkwitz as a coach, and I'm certainly right there with him. And, you know, just more on what Gary had to say there, I thought it was, you know, most of the time you'll hear a lot of guys, especially former players, talk about the biggest thing that they miss, and, and coaches too. They just talk about 
the locker room. They just miss the, the camaraderie, just joking around with a bunch of guys, busting each other's chops, that kind of stuff, that whole deal. But what Gary focused on there was something that I, that I will call and other people call flow, and that is a mental state, basically where you're thinking about nothing else other than the task at hand. And I think sometimes in our society, allow me to get on my soapbox for a minute here, sometimes we're so focused on a million different things or things that are outside of ourselves, whether it's news flow, the coronavirus, whatever it might be, it's something that is completely out of our control. And I think focusing on things constantly that are out of your control is actually not good for your mental state of being. So in fact, being able to just lock in on something, whether it's a a project in the garage or it's just a, a game of ping pong or it's, you know, for Gary Pinkle, obviously, most of us can't put on a headset and be in charge of a college football program. But most of us can play ping pong. Most of us can go out in our garage and work on a project, that kind of deal. So again, find what flow is for you, and I think you'll be a happier person. I know it works for me. So, as I descend from my soapbox, I will remind you once again that I am John Miller. And thank you for listening once again to Locked on Mizzou.